this is a good time to build your capacity as an entrepreneur. This is a good time to ask yourself what skills you are lacking. Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. All right, so before we get started, I want to introduce you to my latest book, Digital Disruption, Personal Brands That Will Crush It After the Pandemic. That's Digital Disruption, Personal Brands That Will Crush It After the Pandemic. To download a copy and pay any amount, just go to bkc.name slash ebook, bkc.name slash ebook, and just download it for any amount that you so desire. That is Digital Disruption. Personal brands that will crush it after the pandemic. I walk you through what strategies brands can use or individual personal brands can use to make sure they crush it after the pandemic and make sure their business are going to thrive and they're going to do well. All right. Welcome to the Personal Branding Podcast Show. I'm your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. And in times like this, in what I call in, in troubling, testing times like this, what do you do to survive or thrive as a young entrepreneur as a startup? What must you do? Uh, COVID-19 is challenging and has challenged a lot of systems, but will you survive the test of time? My guest today is John Ama, an award-winning entrepreneur based in Accra, Ghana. John, welcome to the Personal Branding Podcast Show. Thank you, Bernard, for hosting me. It's a pleasure I treasure. John, listeners would like to know a little more, more about you, all the things you've been doing globally for entrepreneurs and startups. Well, um, so my name is John Ama, and I've been doing business development, investing in startups, and doing trainings for the past nine years, um, not just in Ghana, across the globe, um, in very key markets, helping to build kind of ecosystems, and that's what we've been doing over the period um, so far. Awesome. John, we're facing a challenging time, times we've never experienced in this generation, let me put it so. And entrepreneurs, startups are finding it quite difficult. Other companies are folded up and others are facing threats of losing client customers globally. What has the impact of COVID-19 been? What have you experienced? What have you heard? What have you read? Ben, thanks for, for, for the question. I think we need to look at this pandemic as we so call it today in different dimensions. One is to examine it from the governmental perspective and the global challenges it's brought to economies and global giants and so on and so forth. And then look at it from the, the company's perspective. Companies here we are looking at household enterprises which are usually family, you know, run businesses, mother and son, mother and nephew or niece. Then we look at the micro, small, medium enterprises. Then we can narrow it down into, 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 into individuals what has happened. Globally, it's thrown, you know, supply chains into disarray. Um, you have construction projects that were, you know, have, have just, you know, timelines that have been disrupted. And so yeah. today, even non-essential construction has been put um, on hold. Even essential construction itself, unless it's related to the health, health um, challenges, it's not going on. You have 
restaurants and lifestyles that have changed. Uh, people eat out, can't eat out, restaurants have been closed, bars closed, and so on and so forth. Um, there's, a, there's a restriction on movement, so you have flights that have been grounded, which is affecting the global economy as a whole, because then it's, it disrupts business flows and so on and so forth. So you see increasingly governments trying to, to, to control the effect of this. What this means for governments is that there's a reduction in taxes and revenue. There's a, you have to now realign budgets. What I mean, what I mean by realign budget means that, for example, a government was supposed to spend on maybe cholera, malaria, and so on and so forth. Because of this global pandemic, they now have to look at how they can realign the budget to, 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 for example, fund more ventilators, among others. All this because we've been shut down. Now, if you look at it from a government perspective also, there's a need for governments to now look at tax reliefs and, and so on and so forth, extension or filing, because, again, businesses have been shut down and they will not be required to, to pay taxes. Because, again, they are not running to even raking some revenue to pay tax. This also has an effect on government's revenue, among others. Then you have the vulnerable, uh, at-risk individuals who um, live on, on a minimum wage, who essentially, um, you know, work by... By, by, by running errands and so on and so forth. Who cannot make ends meet? Who have to be supported as, as well? So there's increasing expenditure on government side, but there's also a decrease in flow and revenue to governments that we've got to look at. Amid that, amid all of this, you also have governments that are announcing tariff reliefs, electricity and so on and so forth, which is a challenge. Now, for, for, for all of this, it's important to understand that even for Africa, we've built a lot of our businesses are brick and mortar kind of businesses, right. which means that they operate in in, in, in in shops, they operate in buildings. They are not offline or otherwise digitized services that allow for for limited disruption to service. So most of them are very contact businesses. So when you ask the question as to what the impact has been right now, I'll tell you a few things. Right. Companies usually will have what we call the 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 run rate or the what you call the burn rate, which will typically tell you that I have money that I can spend between now and and three months. Part of this money covers my OPEX, which has to do with my expenditure, salaries I'm paying, and so on and so forth. And so, with the disruption in my revenue, what do I do now? There are others too that will have a disruption in what we would call inventory. For example, that I have X that I was ordering to cover supplies for X period, which were cut off because of the global lockdown. My current inventory will run up to X or Y period. What do I do thereafter? Right? There are companies too, because of that burn rate that they have of about a three months cover, they are wondering after that period, what do I do for my staff? Here, what it means is that um, if I can only cover operational costs in terms of staff salaries for, for two months, then there's a term called fellow. And fellow is a term used to describe the period where businesses will tend to lay their staff off. You are still tied to an employment contract, but you are asked to stay home without pay, which has an increasing risk also on families that depend on some of these people. Do you understand what I'm trying, what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say as well? Now, you also have businesses that um, have project timelines. So, for example, if I was implementing a project and the delivery period or the closure for that period ends in month X, 
because of this lockdown, I've not been able to reach certain targets. It's thrown off. Companies will usually have quarterly plans or quarterly targets. So for Q1, which is quarter one, these were my revenue targets. This is what I was supposed to do in quarter two. I was supposed to do this to generate X and do Y. Because of the global lockdown, again, they have challenges. For some businesses, they have what we call the business contingency plans, mm-hmm. which is usually done by banks and so on and so on. But for the typical SME, do they have such a plan? The answer will be no as well. So if you look at it from that angle, businesses will suffer from all fronts. You have increasing expenditure in terms of rising costs. Well, some costs may be lowered now in terms of your running costs, but you have some variable costs that would apply. For example, your rent and so on and so forth will keep increasing, and here you are without revenue to cover that. There are companies that will have funds sitting down because they've been committed to buy donors and so on and so forth. But probably some of it will be recalled because the targets will have to be revised and so on and so forth. So companies are revising end of year targets, Q2 targets, and so on and so forth. And the effect on the revenue to budget gaps are a lot for many people. Supply chains have been disrupted as a, as, as a whole. So these are some of the challenges that we are facing so far. So first, let's look at it from the government perspective. What do you think governments okay. and government should be doing to help, I mean, to tell this challenge? I mean, basically for, for many governments is to first of all handle the, the shocks to the economy. So you have increasing, um, so in, in, increasing decline in, in revenues from, from your, your predominant sector. to GDP or to, to GDP deficits um, and so you've got to look at external you know, uh, funding to, to show up that already you have dwindling revenue so that puts you at risk as well. You have instability again in, in energy production and so on and so forth. You now have to find more money to fund because of the pressures on these otherwise essential services. Yeah, utility, water, power, and so on and so forth. So increasingly, governments need more money now to do that. Now, because people are at home and the brands will now be filled by households, you now need to look at, okay, so do I need to reduce tariffs, which is what governments are doing? Let me lock down to, to reduce spread. Let me do enhanced contact tracing, which is also a lot of money. Let me get in ventilators and so on. Let me now begin to re-equip you know, hospitals and so on and so forth to cover for these uh, malice as you so have it. Then let me also look at, you know, uh, funding drugs and so on. Then you need to look at engagement around education among others. So it's a tough time to be in government for for anyone who is in leadership. But I mean, from the efforts that have been put in place so far, tariff reliefs, uh, penalty extensions um, or remissions, um, you have utility drops, um, you have... Um, catering for the vulnerable as well. And you have providing temporary shelters for people. You also have the reduction of the base point. Base point, usually what we refer to base point is in government's fiscal policy and so on, the monetary policy. So what they do is to now lower the base, which influences the interest rate. And then what happens is that banks will then sort of respond to, to that by also lowering their, 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 their interest rates and so on. Ghana has what we call the Ghana reference rate, which is a mark for 
for, for, for banks and so on to set their lending rates at plus a risk margin. We've seen the banks favorably respond to that um, um, exposure by also reducing their, 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 their interest rates. Some have also even given uh, what we call the, the grace period for loans. So if your loan was compared you were due to pay loans um, every month, pay the tenor of loan that you, or the structure of loan that you have, they've given you about three months moratorium and so on and so forth to, to cushion the pressure on, on businesses as well. Governments are giving what we call stimulus packages to critical sectors that have correlation to the pandemic that we have. So government industry have received some stimulus package to produce locally. You have um, um, pharmaceutical companies that are being supported as well to begin to look at what drugs can work and, 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 and so on. Then you have the payments of even arrears and outstanding to health service providers. And what it means is that so they can also cover for cases that come in, especially for those that are on insurance. So largely we've seen governments take proactive actions. And what we've also seen is a global response to governments and the challenges of revenue. So the IMF and co have also voted for packages for governments to be, to, they call it the rapid credit facility. So IMF just gave Ghana about a billion dollars or so. And it's, it's going to happen across Africa, a number of them. And we've also seen governments now supporting privacy to launch hackathons and so on and so forth for private citizens to, to, to respond to the call. We have private innovations. This is the time to put it forward to government. So that's what government has been doing um, so far, Bernard. So now let's move from government. Looking at individuals, uh, enterprises, what should they be doing themselves now? Well, let me also add to the government side that we've also seen largely an inter-party uh, or inter-regional collaboration how we respond to the pandemic. So governments seem to be learning from each other. For example, measures taken by Ghana are adopted by South Africa. Measures taken by by Togo are adopted by the, so that global partnerships um, is helping and we are learning from, 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 from each other as well. So, um, in terms of what, um, you said companies first before individuals, right? Currently, if we look at company structures, there are staff who require certain skills to help companies go that don't have it. And we complain all the time about staff not having the right skills and so on and so forth. So this is really a good time for companies to put their employees on strict skills development programs that enhance efficiency and productivity. So what what you need to also do is that if you don't put them on a strict monitoring system and have accountability partners to monitor a reporting structure, the staff may not uh, adhere to it. It's important that you keep staff also on a regular um, schedule so that they don't lose track of the important thing when it comes to business. This is also a time for companies to have staff begin to check in on clients and, and, and just check in how you do it, even on project partners and so on and so forth, just to keep that communication flowing and not have yeah. gaps within that period. What we've also said for many of these uh, businesses, is also a time for you to consolidate on your financial reports. I'm sure that Q1 management accounts have been out for companies to assess and see where they fell short and so on and so forth and begin to look at how, what measures to take, um, around, around that. This is a time to also finalize fundraising proposal because look, there's going to be a race for cash after COVID. Right. Because a lot of people who have constituencies are now depending on it to cater for their families and so on and so forth. So this is a good time for you to now begin to look at 
what fundraising mechanisms, what credit lines, and so on and so forth. Like targeting, and what necessary documents do I need to meet what we call the KYC requirements by many of these banks. Now, it's also a good time to also re-examine your products or services. There are companies that have four to six services that, of of all of it, one service contributes about one percent to revenue. Mm-hmm. The question you should ask yourself: Should I keep that? product or should I invest in the other lines that so the top line and bottom line has to be looked at again so this is a good time for you to even cut down on certain sets that are not here to begin to reevaluate your business model and your core offerings and and look at perhaps I need to change X or Y in the way I do I do my things either you completely let go of it or you redesign it right this is also a good time to also have increased engagements with a number of people um, I'll start with, uh, first of all, increase engagement with staff on what we call a business resumption strategy. The business resumption strategy essentially states that if there was a pandemic or a, a halt to business operations over a certain undefined period, what will our jumpstart be should that phenomena end at this point? Business must begin to look at it. And so some people will say that, look, in this period, if we cannot be a direct contact business, can we introduce Digitization of our services as one of the key ways to, 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 to break ground. So we realize that tech companies, for example, that are offering maintenance services are now beginning to create learning platforms for companies that provide training as well. So you see that interlinked service structure delivery type partnerships that are happening. So if I was running a training program and I do it uh, in person, direct contact, tech firms are now offering solutions that allow you to to do that um, in person among 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 others. Businesses have also got to look at it from the same business resumption perspective that perhaps do I want to be a market leader post-COVID or I still want to make this and just be a player. What it means is that if there's a service that's not being offered in the market, this is a time for you to critically think in the mind of the final consumer what their lifetime value is and what product would be intrinsic to them that you have to offer to be a market leader. If these gaps are what will take to create the next unicorns and so on and so forth within our market. It's also a good time to, to increase engagement with board members and advisory members on what you have been doing so far. All these reports that you have. You see, boards are usually, board members are usually very, very busy in the year. But this time, it's, it's, it's a fairly relaxed time for you to engage and pick direct thought on the essential parts of your business terms of performance and strategy, right? Ben, it's also a good time for businesses to increase funding to their research and, and development units as well. Now, among others, if you look at the different kinds of businesses that we have, we have the manufacturing type businesses, we have the, the service related type of business, agribusiness and so on. Each one of them must begin to look at one, reduce cost in terms of the production costs and customer acquisition costs. So if you are sending people out to acquire clients, now you've got to change it and do more cold calling. Not even cold calling, but determine what ways can I leverage on technology to reach digital, clients. Yeah. Digital, yes, digital. You know, uh, more, there's what we call the, 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 the targeting on, 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 on social media marketing. And also, should I employ more social media marketing? Should I do more um, AdSense, AdWords in reaching out to people? What digital tools are available? For me to to reach more people, even Mailchimp's 
as well? Should I be providing, should my communication change from um, um, information about services to education and so on? How do I keep the consumer's mind fixed to my core offerings? It's a good time to look at that as well in helping you. Now you've got to evaluate your operational expenditure and look at which areas can I make cost savings as well. You've reviewed your marketing strategy. You've reviewed your customer targeting approaches. You need to now look at reviewing inventory as well. So what's my level of stock? What's the run rate for stock? How do I replenish? What are the contacts? How do I deliver? And so on. And so, on. so these delivery methods will also have to be changed as well. Then you need to look at um, review, revising your organizational plans as a whole. The targets have changed. So now look at your cash flow, cash flow analysis and determine what should it be going forward as well. It's a very, very important to have at least a revenue baseline check as to how much of it has been lost, how much of it will be lost, how much do I need to make, and how do I make it back to establish con- uh, consistency in the way you, 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 you do things. So this is really it for, for, for how do you call it, um, individuals, um, for, for, for companies as well. Okay. So now let's look at a, um, a business or a startup who want to transition. Uh, the ongoing crisis, I think I need to minimize costs, but I need to start a business. I need to do something now to keep uh, the wheels moving. Which avenues, which sector do you, or would you advise them to look at in, in, in post-COVID? I mean, what we've seen in the COVID agenda is a non-spending on non-essential commodities. So, Ben, do you hear people buying clothes and ordering clothes online now. <laughs> no. Right? You don't yeah. have to go going to the market to buy shoes and belts and Gucci belts and so on. No. What people are spending on is food. <laughs> it's food, it's um it's groceries and so on and so forth. So the agricultural sector largely will still be a dominant player as we go along. Now you see small scale manufacturing and so on and so forth we we'll also see an increased trend post-COVID as well. In fact, the general manufacturing sector would see a lot of um, uh, 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 play play in, uh, in, the, in the way they work. So FMCG as well is going to be a good sector to look at um, as well. Essential commodities will be... Pharmaceutical industry will be one of the biggest players post-COVID to look at as well. Now, the almighty digitization agenda Mm-hmm. is going to be one of the biggest players post-COVID. Now, look, Africa has largely been a brick-and-mortar society, right? That's true. But if we are able to break the value chain or the chain in terms of finding lower or, or more, more rightly, functional um, phones, smartphones, yet mm-hmm. affordable, and we can then provide these to... to, 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 to the persons and individuals then. And then we have governments begin to look at the conversation around bandwidth and then the cost of data or in fact revised data plans with of course it's a general conversation with the, the telcos and industry. Then do you know what penetration will look like for many businesses like accounting where you can do your accounting online, mm-hmm. right? Where you can order food online, so delivery services, right? Then when you can order drugs, right, online through a certified uh, 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 channel. I mean, like, you have to be very mm-hmm. You don't have drug abuse and so on and so on. Ben, can you imagine what this will look like for for, 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 for many businesses? Lower cost for businesses, right? Yeah. But delivery of goal makes it efficient for them to go on and so on. 
And and so I see I see I see post COVID being a reset and a restart for for many businesses, Ben. Awesome, a reset and restart for many businesses. And I, and I believe that if entrepreneurs or enterprise start looking into this now, we we, we will be it will be the best for us in in any I mean business or venture that we we might want to venture in. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, if we have businesses that, I mean, if they are not considered digitizing, I think now is a good time to look at it. Mm-hmm. Supply chain, inventory management, and your customer delivery, even your your customer relations will now move online, right? I mean, look at companies that have to remember better days of their clients just to maintain relationships. <laughs> Right? Look at companies that have to look at um, 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 keeping data on pipelines and so on and so forth. I mean, you can be writing it in books and so on and so forth. But if you had an ERP solution that allows you to integrate all of this data to know potential of closure in a deal and so on and so forth, then do you know what what that would do for the general the general general economy? I think that governments have a role to play also yeah. in, in the way the digitalization uptake will look like. As we well. I think the government, if you want, there's a whole debate about the social cost and the real cost of digitalization. What it means is that if governments were to offer most of their services online, right, yeah. would that result in more greater uptake by citizens because the usage will be more because yeah. these are most important. So, for example, if I'm paying for my ECG via my phone and using local payment solutions like Momo, would that increase my knowledge of what digitization could look like, right? Now, there's also the issue of whether or not these services, the cost of it, should it be free, should it be this, should it be that? I mean, transactional costs on many of these platforms have been relatively low and have been decreasing over the period. So that's something that we've got to look at. Once governments employ that strategy, private sector too can grow a lot. You don't want to make solutions for middle class. So the other alternative is, Instead of just doing apps and web apps and so on, should USSD be a forefront innovation mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, Africa's mm-hmm, local mm-hmm. dynamics? Because a lot of people have feature phones, right? Yeah, yeah. If I can download star 786 to access a service, I'll gladly do so even if I don't have a smartphone. Ben, right? Yeah. These are some of the dynamics that we've got to look at. For individuals, um, I don't know if we're going to go there, but yeah. I don't know if you want me to yeah. go to. Yeah, let's go any individuals now. Let's focus on the yeah. I think that look, we've been home for how long? Wow! <laughs> I wake up and I and I walk out of um, the door and I go to the compound and just look around how quiet it is and how boring life is. Then I mean, <laughs> I think that a lot of people are going to appreciate the world of work now and what it means to wake up in the morning and go and fight for your daily bread. Mm, mm. People have to now think about the world of work now, also from a personal development plan perspective. What is my career path, right? This is the time to plan adequately for those things. Where do I want to see myself in the next five years, four years, three years, two years? What skills am I lacking? So I need to do a SWOT analysis of myself to determine which areas am I lacking, growth, and so on. So it could be fitness, it could be your cognitive skills, your reasoning skills, it could be your negotiation skills, it could be work-related skills, maybe accounting, maybe it's in prestige. It could be so many things, marketing, user development. It could even be digital skills, right? How do I use Zoom? How do I use Canva? How do I use SlideBeam? How do I use all these digital mediums that are available? If you have, how do I even 
start a podcast? How do I start a show on YouTube, right? This is a good time to learn all of these things as well. But you see, it's not only for you as an individual. It's also for your family. How do I get mm-hmm. my son's reading abilities to increase by a percentage? And because mm-hmm. you, have, you have more time with your kids now than yeah, ever. Yeah. Right? That's so true. That's so true. So what shows should my kids be watching now that they were not watching previously? Right? What should I expose them to at this point? Right? Then it's also for you to identify what their weaknesses are, what your children's weaknesses are, and to spend more time understanding yourself and your family as a whole. It's a bonding time for you for these times. Now, families and individuals are still look at pursuing what we call an aggressive expenditure management program, right? So you know that you have a contingency that will last you for three months. Some have trust funds and so on and so forth. But those that don't have, if this lockdown were to continue for quite some time, you may have what to put in cash burnout. You may run out of money. So this is a good time to hoard than spend, but also to cut down on unnecessary expenditure for you to put the household together. A lot of people will try and do good within this world. It's highly advisable that you lend a hand to a neighbor. So it's a good time to look at an investment plan for yourself that post-COVID, look, life is short. I think one thing that we've all learned from, from there's one thing we've all learned from COVID is that anything can happen at any time. Yeah. And life is very, very So it's now time to start living. So should I be looking at a real estate investment, right? Should I be looking at, you know, investing in some side business? Should I be looking at what is it that you've got to invest? Create an investment plan. And then if you want to invest in the data banks and so on and so forth, that's a good avenue to do the proper research on these firms and look at what digital business source you want to put money in. I have to add that as well. Mm-hmm. Now, it's also a good time for you to invest in your mental health. It's an area that is most neglected. Yeah. And even what we call emotional intelligence. How do I respond to situations? Because a lot of negative news has been flying a lot now. Yeah. People dying, people this, hey, what is going to happen? But also you've been under a lot of pressure at work, driving to work, and so on and so forth. This is a good time to soak it in. Find avenues that allow you to de-stress. If it's in reading, if it's in a video game, if it's in swimming at home, if you have a swimming pool at home, if it's in exercising at home, or even if it is in finding a prayer spot in your house. So maybe you should dedicate an area in your house where you anoint the place and say, sorry, my religious side is coming to play. <laughs> anoint the place and say, within this lockdown, maybe before that I wasn't praying that much. So now I have a personal devotion agenda. And this is where I want to. Because the Bible says that, and the men of old build altars. And where they, when they find themselves in trouble, the Bible says that, and even David tore down his sackcloth, his, his cloth, and put on sackcloth and began to pray. That this is a good time for you to rededicate your life to Christ. But also you've got to look at looking at risk. Post-COVID, can I bear a bigger risk appetite? How do I build my confidence? How do I expand my network to reevaluate the kind of friends I, I have? You know, it is said that you are you are almost as good as the friends that you, you hang around with. Mm. So you've got to re-examine that. Pursue genuine friendships. And have what I think we all lack, an accountability partner. Yeah. An accountability partner is not the person that is like a soldier in your life to say, hey, what are you doing today? What are you doing tomorrow? Why are you going? No. The accountability partner is that which reinforces your personal beliefs in your growth journey. Because look, Ben, whenever I call you, 
right? You, Bernard, we're always discussing what next. Okay, what would the industry look like? I have this thing that I'm working on. Can we look at it together? And so on. So you see, the conversations that we have largely determine how we think and our actions thereafter. The conversations that spark you up, the conversations that get you thinking, should I have picked this call? This is not a good time to have that conversation. Should I have picked this call? So find that person whose conversations lead you to thinking, I am better, I can be better. What do I need to do to be better? I am doing it. And I believe that if we stay home, stay safe, and if we continue to help in protecting lives, we will do more. There's one thing I wanted to touch on earlier about what governments are also yeah. doing within that area. You see, prior to this whole COVID, Ghana was started as one of the growing economies. I mean, our GDP yeah. our growth rate was solid. We had a sort of a favorable balance of payment structure. We had some positive external reserves, you know. Non-performing loans were decreasing. We we're fairly managing our debt to GDP ratio. And so we're even pursuing digitization today. Scholarships are online and so on and so forth. Except look at what has happened so far. There's a good opportunity for governments to now look at redesigning our traditional retail and wholesale market system. How should markets work? You know, improve our ID system, complete that ID agenda and integrate the ID so that we don't have multiple IDs. In that way, now, better identify people in Ghana. Man, the reason I'm saying this is that if the government were to say that I'm going to use the information on 10 numbers to do cash transfers, how many people have 10 numbers? It may, it will not work for even the, the, the at risk. If government were to say, I'm using your, 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 your banking, how many people are banked? If government were to say, I'm using my, your mobile money ID, how many people have mobile money? Right? So it's a good time for government to begin to think about what ID systems to put in place, right? Now, it's also a good time, right, for, for government to, to begin to look at um, digitization value chain. Should we now invest in local um, solutions to smartphones and so on? I think it's a good conversation to have. Also, on what we call the comparative advantage agenda, where what it means is what should Ghana be producing that the sub-region needs, which we have more of a competitive advantage over. I think that we need to pursue that as well as we go along. And then for governments that are across Africa, what will an Africa beyond aid look like? We can't keep going to borrow. We can only borrow up to a certain point and we must begin to have those conversations as we go. Ben, this is what I'll say for now. Awesome. John, as we round up, I would want to ask, what would be your billion dollar advice to entrepreneurs out there? Well, I think that this is a good time to build your capacity as an entrepreneur. This is a good time to ask yourself what skills you are lacking and what you need to get. I've said a lot so far. This is a good time for you to, to reevaluate your expenditure. I'm going to, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of terms like, oh, I work from home. I work from home. I work from home. <laughs> Post COVID. But is it working from home should not limit your growth agenda in terms of the performance metrics that you need to set for yourself. If you're working from home, what is your customer retention strategy like? What is your customer acquisition strategy like? What does your revenue figures look like? What digital tools are you employing? And so on and so forth. So rethink your business strategy and business model the best way possible that makes you a market leader, not just a player within the market. Now, focus also on staff development or team development strategy as well. See, 
we can no longer, and I've been saying this for a while, run James Bond kind of business where it's just one person and one person alone. Together we can do exploits. One person you run alone. So find people that have an interesting value to your personal goals and develop them by providing them materials and so on and so forth within this time and coaching them regularly. This is a good time for you to bond with families. This is a good time also for you to be very, very innovative and look at what is that new innovation I need my business to drive. It's a good time for you to get closer to God because this is what this phenomenon is about. It's to help us get closer to God and to look at it. For more on what you should do, I think you should play back this tape with Bernard Kelvin Clive, who's been doing amazing stuff in Ghana. And you hear some of the tips that we've shared so far. Hey, if you have any comments, feel free to get back to us and we'll revise the things that we're saying or we'll add up so we can better serve as well. Awesome. John, thanks so much for the insights and uh, share. John, so off business and so what is what is new new in the life of John? So I finally found a girlfriend, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> this is going live, John. <laughs> After seven years, I finally found, found someone. And so that's good. But but predominantly what we've been doing so far is to scale up our investments into businesses. We help companies like Nice to Meet raise capital, handling projects for Pitch to Start, which is funded by Z's Investments. We've been um, handling Ashes's Mastercard Foundation's financial fund as well. We've been doing a lot of projects in the energy manufacturing, uh, pharmaceutical sectors, um, agribusiness sectors, manufacturing sectors. There's a company called M&B Ventures. They're one of the key players when it comes to aluminum cookware manufacturing in Ghana and so on and so forth. And so that's been what we've been spending our time on, investing and providing a proper adequate business advisory services, companies that need it. We've also been engaging government players, private sector donors and so on on how they can roll out their strategies in various sectors, sports, agribusiness, manufacturing and so on and so forth, and how they can deploy capital to this area. We've also been doing a number of trainings as well across uh, across the country and to critical corporates and so on and so forth. So so we see that post-COVID, there'll be an increasing need for cash. We are ready and we are getting ready for that so that we can back the innovations that matter to scale up um, what Africa needs. As well. We also want to provide, continue to provide the business advisory services that people actually need and to build our capacity around that to develop and, 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 and do more around that. So, and then the trainings, woof! Can't wait to get back. Already we're doing trainings on, on Zoom and so on. So I have one on Sunday. I think I have another one next week. There's another one on agribusiness the following week after. So I've been getting ready for those. And I'm sure that we'll do, uh, do well when it comes to that. Yes, yeah, so Ben, this is it so far for me. Oh, and oh, also, uh, my, um, for you, I'm interested in you, you, you. What is new with you as well? Okay. So currently, um, most of the courses I've been running for the past years, can be taken online, just go to my site, bkc.name slash courses. Then you can take the personal branding masterclass online, the book publishing masterclass, and the podcast masterclass. So this is what I've been working on since January, and now they're all live as well. Amazing. Ben, you're doing well, and I'm so proud of you as well. Thanks for hosting me on your show. Now, John, how can listeners get in touch with you and for your services that you offer? So send me an email, um, amma.john at gmail.com. A-R-M-A-H dot John at gmail.com. Or, or you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn. And so I have an article out called COVID-19 and its impact on African businesses. What can African businesses do? I think you can check it out. 
and it's, it's available on a number of platforms Ghana web my joy online available on my LinkedIn as well look it up and it will be a blessing to you um, as well. but get in touch and let's help you with your business all right, John, thanks so much, and I'm grateful, and I believe re- listeners will find this uh, episode really, really resourceful in times like this. Thank you so much. And Hi, right, so if you enjoyed this podcast, head on to Amazon.com slash Otter slash Bernard Kelvin and get all my books on building a successful personal brand. Personal brand, corporate branding, just go to Amazon.com slash Otter slash Bernard Kelvin, or at best, just go to Amazon.com and search for Bernard Kelvin Clive. All my books will be available to you. Just purchase copies and buy some for your friends. The best is yours.